This is episode 44 of the Spirituality for Ordinary People podcast. Thanks for listening today. My name is Matthew Bruff, and I'm a pastor and an author, and today I have a fantastic interview with John Fuller. John is the host of the Are You Real podcast, or Are You Real? Finding the Authentic You. Uh, He is also the author of a book called DIY Remodeled Your Life. And as you'll hear in the interview, John is full of energy and full of life. Um, He is also doing a bunch of speaking and just really encouraging people in discovering who they are in Christ and discovering uh, their identity, what's at the core of their identity as a child of God. Um, I think this is kind of what John is all about. Um, Also, what I love about John, and we get into this in the interview, is that even though his podcast is often top of the charts in religion and spirituality, uh, like literally at the top of the rankings in iTunes, uh, John is kind of just a regular guy. Like he uh, has his own business, has a construction business. His wife has a fitness business. And um, so they're entrepreneurs and, but, but they're kind of just regular people trying to figure out what it means to uh, encourage people in figuring out uh, who they are in Christ and uh, how to kind of tackle life. And yeah, so it's it's just a fascinating interview, I think. And John is a really interesting person to follow. Uh, and yeah, so I, I hope you enjoy this one. Uh, I know I really enjoyed talking to John. If you do enjoy this podcast at all, I would love it if you're able to leave a review on iTunes. Uh, reviews make a big difference to the visibility of the podcast. Uh, so if you're able to do that, that would just be fantastic. There's only a couple of reviews for this podcast so far, but I know there's a fair number of listeners out there. So if, you've, if you're if you listening and you're able to leave a review, that's just great. Uh, the other thing you can do if you are looking for show notes, um, if there's things that are mentioned and you're thinking, oh, where do I find that? You can head over to spiritualityforordinarypeople.com slash John, J-O-N, uh, for today's episode. Uh, the other thing, too, is you'll find there, there's a little guide that just is six tips for staying connected to God, and it's just a, a simple PDF, if, and you can just download it from the website. You just put your email address in, and uh, and it'll send it to you by email. So if you're interested in that, you can do that, and I'll also send you updates when there are new podcast episodes out, or if there's anything new, like a new book or something like that, uh, you'll get updates on that. Um, so I'd love for you to, to sign up if you're interested. But for now, uh, sit back, enjoy this interview with John Fuller. Today I've got John Fuller on the podcast, and it is just so great to have you on today, John. Good morning, afternoon, good night, people! (laughs) Yeah, it's so great to have you. Um, John, the the way I know John uh, mostly is through his podcast, actually, um, called Are You Real? Finding the Authentic You. And I checked today, that's like the number one podcast in religion and spirituality. That's crazy. That's I, uh, I always laugh. I, sometimes I get texts. People will send me a text or a screenshot, and they send it to me, and I just kind of laugh. Um, I mean, it's super cool. I, I'll be honest with you. I, I don't really care. I mean, it's cool because it reaches more people, yeah. and obviously I want to influence and, and touch people's lives, but um, it, it's just kind of it's just funny when I see that because it doesn't 
seen right. that. that well, I can, I, I'll help keep you humble. It's only number one in the U.S. charts. Okay. You know, so I'm in Canada and I checked there so too, it doesn't and, count. I, and I didn't see it on the charts there. I'm not on any of the charts. So, well, then that's okay. even better. So I'm not yeah. on the charts in Canada. So we yeah. are. So, so maybe we'll get some uh, Canadian listeners getting to know who John Fuller is today. Which would be... I love it. Um, yeah. So I would love to hear uh, a little bit, or maybe my listeners would want to hear a little bit about kind of what is the Are You Real podcast? And I know it's kind of multiple, kind of become multiple shows now recently, too. We morphed. And maybe why you why you started it in the first place, maybe is a good place to start. Yeah, great question. So um, I started it a year and a half ago. It um, The thought of the podcast started two years ago. And what that looked like was I was frustrated going to um, a really good big church. And the reason I was frustrated with it was is I saw a lot of talent and a lot of people around me that had a lot to give to the Christian community, but weren't being utilized at the time. And because of my frustration for that, I also felt like I think I, at the time I had this need that I knew I had something that I say that's great in everyone, but was great in me that I wanted to get out that I couldn't get out. And I didn't know how. And it, and, and, and so I'm battling that at the same time, the frustration of there's nowhere for all these people to have a platform to get people out into the Christian community to say, Hey, they are doing great things. Right. And, um, one day I just, uh, was listening to a podcast and a guy talking about doing a podcast and it just kind of clicked with me. Um, I've taken a lot of gifts tests, a lot of disc tests and just other things to understand my personality and what I like to do. And that's, I just realized, I thought, you know what, I'm going to give that a try and just see what happens. And I know my personality and I knew that I was going to burn myself out and be bored at six months. So I promised myself, no matter what I do it for a year. And sure enough, five, six months rolled around and I was ready to quit. I was not getting a whole lot of listens. And I say not a whole lot at the time we were getting thousands of, of downloads a month, but it just, I had friends that were getting two, three, 400,000 downloads. And it just, I was comparing myself to the guy next to me, which we shouldn't do, but we do. And, and, and that being said, I thought, you know what, I'm just going to try it. So I did. And for the first year and a half was about building a platform about interviewing people, what they were doing and why they were doing it and um, what their gifts and talents were and how they were expanding the kingdom. And then I finally got to a place Um, this is funny. I was at a going, I was in a conference with a friend of mine going through his program and I just heard the Holy spirit speak to me and said, you need to start taking this serious. Hmm. And it was funny at the time we were already getting a lot of downloads and we were, we were hitting top 10 in charts, stuff like that. But I wasn't all in if that was, if that's the right word to say, I just wasn't totally all in. I I just did it as a hobby. And I said, Lord, I'll do it. But I don't know how, because I run two full-time companies. Um, We're extremely busy. I I have three teenagers. We're building a home right now. I I can't do this, but I'll do it because I'll be obedient. And then my wife comes up to me two days later and says, I just felt like the Holy Spirit spoke to me and told me I'm supposed to take over all the administration stuff for Are You Real? And I just laughed and I thought, and I wasn't surprised to be honest. I mean, God's just amazing that way. And I just kind of laughed and said, 
all right, Lord. I mean, okay. I'm obedient. You provided that. And then from there, I felt like we were supposed to expand. So to go into your second question, I, I'm real big on the seven cultural mountains. Mm-hmm. So what I did was, is I started grabbing people that I personally knew that were really good in the mountain they were in their cultural mountain. Yeah, and we'll, I thought, we'll get into what those are just so. That yeah. Yeah. I won't go yeah, into that. Yeah. But, uh, so I started grabbing people around me and just said, Hey, um, I've built a platform. Um, I got a lot of money invested in this thing. You're going to have to put up a little to get started, but are you willing to jump in? Do you want to do it? And every person I asked, um, some did it because they saw the potential. And then some of my friends just did it because I asked them to. And I think because of that, I've, I've been able to build a really good team. Yeah. What I love about what you have done, um, and I don't want people to hear like this is about numbers or, or growth, but what I love about this is um, it, it's a podcast really, I think about Christian identity. Like it's about knowing yeah. who you are and discovering who God has created you to be. And I think that is fantastic just as a, as a topic and, and a thing to explore. Thank you. Um, but like, you're kind of just a regular guy. Like it's, <laughs> you know, yeah. like it wasn't like, I'd love to hear just kind of about your two businesses. Cause I know, I know kind of the construction you're in construction, mm-hmm. um, but what are the two businesses? Because I think people might be thinking, Oh, John Fuller, like, is he a mega church pastor? He's got this nope. huge platform and you're not like, I just love the story. Yeah, I'm not at all. So I've been, um, building and construction for 19 years. Uh, yeah. we run a pretty good sized construction company. Um, I have a big contract with a company where we do all of their bat. I, I contract also out for another company. We do all of their stuff for them. Plus, including our own stuff, uh, we build spec houses. I do flips, um, and then on top of that, we do online business too. Uh, and that's small, but I help with my wife's fitness stuff. Um, she's got an online fitness business uh, that we do that. So between the two, honestly, just the construction company itself—I mean, it is a fifty, sixty-hour a week job that I'm trying to make smaller right now. But yeah, I'm just—I'm literally no different than anybody else who has a job. Like we all have, we all do something that we like, I hope, uh, for income. Um, but on the side, I believe my ministry is, is to help people discover who they are. And I do that through my podcast, um, by listening to other people. And, and also I love promoting what other people are doing. Yeah. I I think that's really cool. And that's definitely what you do on the show. Like the, the episodes, I haven't listened, I haven't listened to all of them but the ones I've listened to as well, yeah. like the guests you have on as well are just I really diverse. Like it's not, it's not that expected what you would think of for that kind of podcast necessarily. Like, I don't know. It's, people should just go listen to it and they'll get it. Yeah. But, it's, fu- it's funny. You funny. You said that the last two shows I've been invited to be on, um, I really enjoyed it because the, uh, the host just flat out said I had a very, uh, different perspective of you. And they said, I went into it like totally negative. One guy was like, I, I basically thought you were a joke. And uh, he's like, so I went to listen. And I enjoyed that because he was honest about it. And yeah. we were able just to like work through that. And it was fun. Yeah. Well, so. it's funny too. Cause like even the title of, are you real? Like I could see, like, I almost have like a bit of a negative reaction to that title. <laughs> just yeah. like, really? Like we're talking about being real, really. And then when you listen to the show, it's like, Oh, it's because like John is really real. Like that's yeah, like it fits you totally. I appreciate um, that. Sometimes I have a, a tendency to say things that I shouldn't say, 
which it makes it fun. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, do we all not take our foot out of our mouth at some point in some time? And, and that's what oh, yeah. I like about mm-hmm. the show is I'd rather it be honest and authentic and just yeah. say, hey, we're all in the same boat. Yeah. And I think like what I've appreciated about it, I mean, we'll, oh, I'll stop saying how great your show is in a minute, but um, okay. <laughs> what something else I've appreciated too, like I haven't agreed with everything I've heard on the show, Yeah, but, but I feel like, Oh, you're, you're having good conversations with people. And um, like, we might be coming at things from like really different, even theological perspectives as well. Oh, yeah. But, but I'm still okay with, with listening to what you have to say, like there's still wisdom being shared there and we're just going to say things in different ways. So I, I, I've kind of appreciated that about the show. It's not normally where I would go, uh, but I, I drawn to it because I think you're just so honest on it and you're yourself and you're not trying to be somebody else. Like the other people, you know, Joel Joel Osteen is I think number three today, you know, he's, he's behind you now, but, but you're not trying to be someone like that or, I mean, nothing, nothing against him necessarily, but you're not trying to figure out, Oh, how can I be that? You're just being yourself. And somehow that's taken off. And I think that's great that, that people are listening to someone who's just being themselves and talking to some interesting people. Well, I love that you brought that up because nobody can be a better you than you. You know what I'm saying? Like you're going to, nobody can pastor the way you pastor. And, and as you step into that and you're, doing exactly what God has you to do and you're being the authentic you, it just draws people naturally to who you are because you're just doing what you're called to do. Mm. And and it, it saddens me when I see people like, like for instance, you ever see people that dress up like uh, Elvis or sure. stuff yeah. like that. Now I know they do it. Some people do it for a job for fun and, and I'm not downplaying that, but I'm talking about people that literally live vicariously through another actor. Like they want to look like them, sing like them, talk like them. And I think it just does such a disservice to the world because they have something in them that nobody else can give that somebody else needs. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's important that we discover who we are because there's people around us that need it. Mm-hmm. And I think like I, like my daughter, she's uh, eight years old now. And like you've said, you got three teenagers. I think we see this for our kids but then we don't always necessarily adopt it for ourselves. Uh, that's right? a, yes. Like, I haven't, I haven't thought about that. That's so true. Like I think of my daughter, like I want, I don't want her to be like the way I was when I was a kid. I don't want her to be like, I want her to be her. Yeah. And I want her to embrace, like I can see sort of what kind of gifts are developing in her and what, you know, what talents she's starting to embrace. And she's got so many other, so much potential. And, but, you know, I like playing soccer and she enjoys playing soccer, but I don't actually care if she keeps playing for the next right. 10 years, you know, I want her to be who she's going to be. And I think parents are like that. Well, hopefully I think there's some most, yeah, most, yeah. really driven towards you've got to do this. But, but I think w- when our hearts are in the right place, we do that for our kids, but we don't always do it for ourselves. I'm Very so, true. So that's helped me as well. Like, I feel like I've grown as a person because I've been a parent and sort of seen that, but I think that can work for like aunts and uncles and, Oh yeah. And all of that too. Um, I wanted to ask, uh, from on your about page, I I read there, uh, yesterday, you said it's taken me 16 years to understand and receive God's healing restoration and find the real me. Um, so I'd love to hear a little bit about that journey. I know it's 16 years of journey, but, uh, 
but what's that what's that about what's that journey look like for you so I'm actually speaking at a conference um, this weekend, and it's part of kind of my intro going into it is, is a real brief description of my journey. So it 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 goes, I have a lot of issues. So I was um, adopted uh, that I, I didn't know I was adopted, but and we'll go into that. But I was adopted at um, three, uh, two or three years old, somewhere in there. Hmm. And then um, uh, at nine years old, uh, my brother died. He drowned in a pool. He was three. And at that point that put our family in a, just a tailspin of what I call the next, uh, nine years of hell. And, uh, my mom would become, um, haunted by her past of her dad committing suicide and drug abuse in our family. Uh, my mom would become addicted to drugs, having to deal with my brother's death. Uh, she became a really bad alcoholic. Uh, my dad, uh, having to take, uh, she ended up going to prison for a while. And then my uh, dad had to take care of me and my sister and having to do that ended up working several jobs. And because of that, uh, became an addict, uh, for, a, for a season. And during that time, what happened was, is I had to find an outlet and my outlet became sports. And that journey was, is I ended up playing, uh, everything I did at, I, I excelled. Um, I, I wrestled, I, I did good. I played, I loved baseball. I played baseball, but I ended up, uh, and I love basketball, but I'm only five foot five. And, uh, so I couldn't see past the kneecaps. Yeah. So it made it really difficult, but, uh, I wasn't spud web. I couldn't grab the rim and, uh, or dunk it. But I ended up playing football. And the reason I liked football is I had a lot of anger issues. Hmm. And uh, obviously because of my past. And, and I joke around and I say it was the only place that I could talk about somebody's mama and then hit them as hard as I could uh, on the football field. It, there was just a lot of pleasure in hitting people. Wow. <laughs> and, uh, and this is BC. This is before Christ. Hmm. And, uh, so we're working through those issues and, and I had years of that and, uh, ended up getting a football scholarship, went and played at a school. And while I was there, uh, I ended up meeting my wife and we started going to, uh, to church together. Now, let me back up just a little bit. One night I find out this was kind of, uh, the night I, right before I graduated, this is my senior year. Uh, my mom's drunk. Uh, we're in a big fight at our house. It, there was a lot of domestic violence. Police were at our house two to three times a week and we're sitting, uh, we're there and we get in a fight and my mom screams out. She said, well, he's not even your real dad anyway. And I thought, and, and, and what the, the sell on that was when I turned and looked at my dad, the look on his face was like, Oh crap. Like I could, I could just see it. And I just looked at, I was like, what is mom talking about? And then it came out that, um, well, I'm not actually your biological dad that we don't, we didn't know, but we did a test and all this stuff. So oh, that really hit me hard. I mean, yeah. it was like my whole life it, for a moment as a kid, I felt like my whole life was a lie. If that yeah. made sense. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, so I was determined to leave Phoenix and, uh, Arizona and I was going to never come back and, um, and just, pave my way, whatever that looked like. I didn't know, but I was gone and, uh, ended up going, I met my wife. Uh, we start going to a church and at one point, uh, we move in together and, 
and and we're going to church and and we had both gotten filled with the Holy Spirit. And at one point the Lord spoke to me and said, you either need to marry her or you need to separate. Hmm. And I'm thinking, man, she's hot and I like her, <laughs> but I'm not like marriage is not, I wanted to actually go play uh, football in Europe or Canada. Like I thought if I can't make the NFL, I was really fast. I'm not a big guy, but I was really fast. And I thought, surely I can go somewhere and play ball. And I thought, this is not even like marriage is not even an option. Well, she comes to me and says, uh, man, I just, I was in my quiet time. I heard the Lord speak to me and he said that, uh, we need to get married or we need to separate. And I'm like, you did not just say that for real. Right. And, uh, so that being said, um, we eloped. Uh, there was a lot of, we literally didn't tell anybody we went and got married. Now to make it even worse, my wife was, uh, Miss Grant County in New Mexico. So my wife was runner up. She was competing in the Miss New Mexico pageant and she had won the talent portion, a phenomenal singer. And, uh, so there was a lot to give up there. Like I'm giving up my football scholarship. She's giving up her pageant scholarships. Uh, she was, kind of groomed or picked to win the following year. And we just stepped out in faith in obedience and said, okay, Lord, we'll get married. And we did. And, um, best decision and hardest decision I've ever made in my life Hmm. because we came, both of us came from broken families Hmm. and I like to use the metaphor of baggage. Like we had, like I was on a trip to Africa for months type baggage. Like you you see those Kings that go to another country and they got the whole entourage of baggage behind them. That was me spiritually. And I had a lot of stuff and so did my wife. And so we made this decision together. We said, we, no matter what, this was the words we used. We said, we're either going to live in hell or we're going to figure out this whole marriage thing and what that looks like. But divorce wasn't an option. And it took us a solid 15 years of working through um, a lot of issues of things that we just both had. Uh, This last five years is uh, our honeymoon has been the last five. The first 15 were, they were rough, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Tell me about like, so you, you met her, started dating um, and then went to church. And it sounds like before that you were not, I kind of did. So it was, it was interesting. So the first time my mom got out of prison, she got saved and we started going to this little uh, Southern Baptist. It wasn't small. It was actually huge. It was a big Baptist church across the street from our house, literally walking distance. Hmm. So we went there for a little while and then my parents felt like they wanted to go somewhere else. So have you ever heard of the vineyard? Yeah. So that was during like the whole John Wimber. I think he was still alive. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So it was, it was nineties. It was the vineyard movement when like it was going crazy and there was this church in Phoenix that was not too far from our house. And we started going there and like, I just saw gifts. I saw things I'd never seen. Like for some people it's weird. Uh, theologically they can't understand it. I didn't know what was going on. I just saw people talking weird. I saw people like what I thought was passing out. I heard people saying, thus saith the Lord. Like I didn't know what was going on, but I knew this, it felt right for me. I loved it and it ministered to me. And I felt like I was finally at a place where I actually was experiencing God. Okay. So that was like before college or around. Yeah. So I was, yeah, I'll give you, I was 15 years old when that happened. Okay. Okay. So I would, uh, I 
partied like the devil Monday through Friday. And then I'd go to church and cry at the altar. And like, I, I was in, I had a bad home environment and I didn't know how to get out of it. I didn't have any mentors. So like, I just right. felt convicted every Sunday. I was like, this isn't who I want to be, but this is who I am. Right. And I don't know how to, I don't know how to change that. Like I had no idea. Nobody told me. See, that's, uh, it's actually a cool story. Um, I mean, it's your story. Yeah, it's, yeah. Um, but it's it's an it's kind of a neat conversion story in a way because it's a it's about healing, but it's like this long term long process. Like some people have the lightning bolt, and it's like okay, I hit rock bottom, and then I gave my life to Jesus, and then everything was fixed, and that's great. I think that's a really rare story, and that's why those yeah. stories kind of get on the stage a lot. <laughs> um, but I but I love this story because it's there's a little bit of that. God is speaking. This is happening, but it's a long process of of healing. And, yeah. and work, um, you know, and God's leading you on that, on that path. So some seeds are planted when you're 15 and, and that's, that pays off like down the road. Right. Yeah. So it pays off and, you know, I experienced God, but, and then I kind of just, I, I, I was lost basically. Like I still, I yeah. believed in the Lord, but I didn't know what was going on. I just, I wanted to experience college or whatever that experience quote unquote was supposed to look like. And, and I didn't, it was miserable because I was a square peg trying to fit in a round hole because mm-hmm. God had marked me, you know, looking back, I realized, you know, I, I didn't fit in and, but I was trying to be something I wasn't. And that's when the Lord spoke to us. And then I stepped out in faith and said, all right, you know, Lord, if, if you are, this is where I, I'm an all or nothing type person. So I said, God, if you are who you say you are, what I read in the Bible and you can do what you say you can do, then you need to show up. Hmm. And if God is, and I have no problem saying that because if he's ultimately our creator, he, he creates everything that we see. Surely he can put up with a little punk 20 year old kid who has no idea what he's doing. But the thing was I had a willing heart Hmm. and that's, it was about my heart and I was willing to lay that down and he took me, it's been a wild ride. It's been a fun ride, but it's been wild. Yeah, yeah. Um, and actually, like, that prayer is, uh, like, I'm pretty sure that's a paraphrase of a psalm. <laughs> like, <laughs> is it? Well, probably. Like, the psalms are kind of like, look, if this is who you are, God, then... Then show up. Like, how long is it going to be before you show up? Like, <laughs> Yeah. And, and sometimes, like, I think, you know, how quick is that answer? Um, for, for some, it might be, you know, right away. And others, it might be like, okay, actually the exile in Babylon is going to last another 40 years, but God is still answering eventually. So um, I I think that's always a good prayer to pray, but it's, but to know whether what God's going to do in response to that, it's probably going to be what is needed for you. Right. I want to tell you a quick story though. There's things in our lives. Like, so the healing process has been long, but there's been things like one time we were 20 years old. We just, got married. My wife's at the altar. My wife was abused as a child. She couldn't have kids. And we're at the altar. We're praying and, uh, she's holding my hand. It's the end of the service. And she starts, she's hunkered over in pain and she's in tears. And she said, something hurts. She's like, she's like, my insides hurt. She said, I'm in a lot of pain right now. And man, and we just got like hot, like fire hot. And the evangelist says, I don't know who this is for right now, but God is healing somebody's womb and they're, and you're healed. And my wife is like, that was for me. And no joke, 
two weeks later, my wife who couldn't have kids were pregnant with our first baby. Yeah, that's incredible. So we have stories like the, the process has been long, but there's just been like, you know, the wilderness of thinking of the Israelites, it was 40 years, but they had miracles all along the way. Absolutely. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's and been actually, like that. I think that's awesome because sometimes the, sometimes the story that gets told, like that's an incredible story, but it's part of a bigger story that God's doing in your life. Yes. Right? Like if that's the only thing we tell, like that's a great story to tell. Like let's talk about miraculous healing. That's awesome. But let's right. also make sure that we know, hey, that was what was needed then. And that was because God is actually doing something over this 20-year period. Amen. Um, and let's not lose the the long... Like, I think maybe it's just because I encounter people that are really um, like instant. Like we want, we want an yeah. instant answer. Yeah, all. we want a microwave society. Yeah, oh yeah. And then sure. we sometimes forget about the amazing thing that God did like six months ago. <laughs> because oh yeah. man it's been like three months since i've felt really spiritual and with god and it's like well yeah like that's okay like sometimes it is three months sometimes it is six months but let's remember what god did six months before and yeah. give thanks for for that yeah it's um, important we write those things down is what i call landmarks yeah yeah probably yeah um okay i want to talk about uh these, these seven cultural mountains. So you mentioned that earlier and you've talked to all kinds of people kind of in these different areas. And now you've kind of broken out the podcast to kind of focus on those in specific areas um, with, with different hosts as well. So there's more episodes coming up more frequently, right? Yeah. So we went from one, I release every Wednesday. So we went from one a week to now, I believe we're five a week. Yeah. So the, so the seven ones are, Religion, family, education, government, media, business, and arts and entertainment. Sorry. Yes. Yes. Cool. Um, I would love to hear kind of in all the people we've talked to, because the podcast has been going for a couple of years. About a year and a half now. A year and a half. Yeah. Um, what are some of the common threads that you've been picking up? Like, I know the focus is sort of finding the authentic you, but what are some of the common threads or maybe something that surprised you that's, uh, that's come up in the last year and a half? The one thing I was kind of thinking about that the other day, and the one thing that has been common with everybody has been surrender and obedience. Hmm. So, so many of us, I like to use this analogy. I was telling a friend one time who wanted to give something up that God was telling him to, um, for him, I think it was smoking at the time. I can't remember. Um, but I said, but let me ask you this. I said, go through the Bible and can you show me anywhere in the word where God ever asked anybody to give something without getting anything back? And he's like, well, what do you mean? I said, when, when we lay something down at the feet of Jesus, he always gives us something in return. But at first we have to sacrifice the thing he's asking us to give up. Hmm. And I said, can you show me anywhere in the word where something hasn't been laid down and he didn't do something amazing? And he couldn't. And I said, okay, so if he's asking you to give something up, that tells me he has something a thousand times better than what he's asking you to give up. It's not like he's trying to take something from you. It's because he's wanting to give something to you. Mm -hmm. And what I've noticed is, is every person I've interviewed through their stories, when God has asked them to step out in faith and go do something, 
or to lay something down, he either had a, a an amazing book, a ministry. Uh, one friend of mine became the ambassador to uh, an, uh, the nation of Burundi in Africa. Um, Paul Young, uh, whether people like the guy or not, ends up writing a best-selling book. Yeah. Um, talking to him, I mean, I can go through a list of people, but every single one has been the same. They literally laid down or had to make a choice of surrender, but because they did, they walked into a door that was so broad and so wide open that God wanted to bless them, but they had to in faith step through that door. Yeah. Wow. Um, that is really good. How's that, how's that played out for you? Like in your, in your life? Um, one was, I feel like when I have several crossroads. So one going back to when I got married, I felt like that was a process to start of, I, I say the day I got married is my salvation day. Cause that was the first time in my life. I felt like I'd actually been obedient hmm. to God and did what he asked me to do. Oh. Um, in business, I feel like, um, our podcast is that like, I wanted to do it, but not necessarily, I didn't have this huge drive. Like I had for other businesses that I've done to go do it. It was kind of, I felt like the Lord was saying, do this. And I just did it. And because of that, it's, it's opened, I have gotten to meet so many people that has been a blessing to me because I love people yeah, and I love stories. So I've built a lot of relationships with people like that are in entertainment, uh, people that are in government, um, just different things like getting to meet you. I mean, you're in Canada. How else would we have met? Right. Yeah. yeah. So it's just been really fun for me in a journey of how I get to intertwine with all these people and get to be a part of people's lives. So I feel like out of, being obedient to what God's called me to do. Uh, one of my desires is I love relationships. So I've been blessed with a lot of great friends and relationships because of my obedience. And then, and honestly, here's another thing too. So I'll tell you how this played out. When I started my, I spent a lot of money on my podcast, um, getting it started. Cause I don't have time to do production and all that stuff. I, I pay a companies to do all that for me, to help me. And that being said, when I started my podcast, I wasn't totally sure how I was going to pay for it. And what happened was, is literally after starting it, this company calls me up, big company, and says, uh, hey, would you be interested in doing all our bathroom and kitchen remodels? And I get tons of, of sales calls all the time of prank calls that people are scammed, they're scam calls. Sure. And I told the guy, I was like, I'm not even interested. I was like, just send me an email, whatever. So I get an email. And I kind of laugh and I'm like, well, eh, I don't know about this. This could be one of those scams from Africa or whatever type deal. I, I was real leery and I thought it was bogus. And uh, so I kind of blow it off. And then the guy calls me again and says, listen, we really like your work. We've seen you online. Um, we've checked you out. Would you at least come to another town and come listen to our pitch, what we have? And would you be interested in being part of our program? I thought, then I kind of realized, I thought, well, if they're that close to home, they have to be somewhat legit. I'll go listen. And sure enough, it was. And literally right after starting my podcast, I ended up landing probably for my company would be equivalent to like a, a five to $700,000 contract wow. um, to do jobs that completely just blessed our company. So that was another one of those. Oh, here and then I'm going to go back a little further. I forgot about this. The Lord spoke to me. I journaled this, and the Lord said, "If you will build my kingdom, or if yeah, if you'll build my kingdom, I will build your business." 
Okay. And, I thought you were going to say, if you will build my bathroom. Yeah, if you'll build my bathroom, yeah. Jesus said, if you'll build my, help me build these mansions for everybody. Right. Right? He, uh, no. And so yeah, literally, yeah. but I struggled with that because the Lord yeah. said, he said that to me. And I thought, well, what does that look like? Right? I have no idea. And I just started doing the podcast. And that was what happened is I started landing jobs like left and right that I hadn't landed in years. And it just, so the finances came to do what I needed. That I Kind of like when Jesus, the disciples needed to pay their taxes and he sent them off to go get a fish and there was a coin in the uh, mouth of the fish. It was right. one of those. Right, right. Uh, so like, how do we, how do you respond like when, like when that doesn't happen, like <laughs> this, because uh, I'm I, like, I'm sure there's listeners listening, thinking, well, that doesn't seem to happen to me. Like God's not right. speaking to me or I thought God told me he's going to bless me and he hasn't yet. And, and this hasn't happened. Like, it's awesome that, that, that these are great stories of, of uh, transformation or blessing, but right. how do we, someone's thinking, well, I think I've been obedient and it's been 10 years yeah man that that's such a loaded question because there's there is so much to impact uh unpack in that and one of the things that I want to say is God is always speaking um we're gonna end up i'm gonna end up doing a course on hearing God's voice, but I don't have one yet, so I highly recommend you need to go listen to people like um Sean Bowles he's been on my show or uh Chris Valentin at Bethel Church there's people that have really great teachings on hearing God's voice the reason and and if you have them they need to contact you right now they people need to understand that God is always talking we're just not hearing right hmm. that being said uh, I've missed God too there's I mean I have landmarks in my life where I I swore I heard God say something about a business and it failed miserably and I was like what just happened? And, and part of that is that sometimes we do miss it, it, it. Our, our flesh, our selfish desires want something more than what our spirit is saying, if that makes sense. Mm. So we miss them and that happens. But the thing is, is like, even the promises of me stepping into where I'm at in my business right now, you know, the Lord told me that I would have a ministry 20 years ago literally when I, or 19, I'm 39. So when I was 20, that I would have a ministry that would impact nations. Well, we're in a hundred and like 35, 136 nations. Our podcast goes into, well, 19 years ago, podcasting didn't exist. The internet barely exists. Google was still launching. Um, none of these things even existed. So it's not like, um, I'm, I'm a, I'm a 19 year overnight success. Sure. Right. And, and the thing is that sometimes we have to be patient. I mean, look at Moses stepping in the wilderness. I, I think I, I'm a high D if you're familiar with disc test. Okay. So I'm a high driver. I like things done now. I am that microwave guy. Okay. I like things done now. And the thing I've had to come to terms with is we are on a journey. We're not headed to a destination. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like one of my favorite stories that I've come back to over and over again, part of it is because I'm a church planter. And yeah. so I thought, oh, we're going to plant a church and it's going to grow. And and then we got to like 60 people and just kind of plateaued. And we've been there for a while, like right around that. So I've had to kind of figure out, well, what's God doing? Like, did I actually, like, did I just think 
we're going to be a church that grows to be larger than that. Or like, I, I, I thought God was saying that, but really was that just my idea? Like, um, and maybe God's doing something different through our church and we're small for a reason. Um, one of the stories that I've come back to is Abraham mm-hmm. and, you know, it starts his story as go to the land that I will show you. And like six verses later, they're there already. They're there at the promised land. It's like, Oh, here it is. Yeah. And then, and then it's now there's a famine in the land. They've got to go to Egypt. And now like just the story is just all over the place. Like he wanders all over the place. And the final promise is, is overwhelming and great. And Abraham ends up having a pretty decent life in the end and a life of blessing. But the actual promise that God gave in the end, he says, actually, that's going to be for generations from now. Like, yeah, but, but I'm doing something different than what you might've thought. But if I was Abraham, I think, well, you know, why didn't we, why didn't you just tell me to go after the famine was over? Like I was fine where I was, but you bring me here, show me the land and go, actually, you can't live here because there's no food. So go somewhere else. There's two things that you said that just sparked my interest. And, and I, and it, this is what the listeners need to hear. You said, God, what are you doing? Yeah. So instead of going to God and saying, why? And like, I'm upset because you haven't done X, Y, or Z. Yeah, yeah. The real question needs to be, God, what are you doing? Hmm. And for me personally, had I had this podcast at 21 years old and been in top of the charts, I would have been arrogant. I would have been prideful yeah. and I would have been full of myself and it would have been about me and look at, look at me and what I've done instead of look at what God's done through all these amazing people. Yeah. And I believe the journey is about character. Look at Joseph and all that he struggled through going through to get to Pharaoh's. I, I think Joseph was kind of young and arrogant. Um, he oh, was yeah. ble- he was blessed, right? He was, but he he, was had- a, he was actually a jerk to his brothers. Like we, the, yeah. the brothers were really not nice to him. Obviously, trying to kill him and all. But people forget that Joseph was just a jerk. Yeah, and, yeah. and I think he <laughs> went through a lot of hardship because God knew where he needed to go, but he needed to work on his character. Yeah. And God loves us. The Father loves us enough to work through all our our isms, all the things that aren't right. So when we get to the place we're called to, we're not hung up on character issues. And that's those things we need to work through. This is why your podcast is what it's about. Right? Yeah. This is like, you're good at bringing it back to that. That's good. That's really good. Um, I wanted to, uh, oh man, we're, we've been talking for a while. Um, I don't have, this is weird because I don't have, yeah, I don't even have a timer on my, normally on, uh, on, on other things that I use, it tells me how long. So, okay. So you don't know if you need to go or not. So I don't, we're good, man. I, I, I kind of looked in the intro to your book and you have a few quotes in there and there's a famous one, um, the Marianne Williamson quote, which I really like. I think it's in, uh, the movie coach Carter too. I think they use that quote. Um, and it's the one about our deepest fears, not that we are inadequate, um, and uh, it's kind of long. Maybe I should read it. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, and fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There's nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people will not feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It is not just in some of us. It is in everyone. 
And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give others permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. So I think that's, I, I love that quote. I think it's yeah, awesome. Yeah, it's powerful. Um, I, wish I, I wish I wrote it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> quote somebody else. Uh, what, why do you think it is that we do this? Why is it that we shrink away um, and have trouble letting our light shine? I think, I think a lot of people, I know I have trouble with that. Absolutely. And, and I think it's cultural. I think because we live in a cultural society that downplays um, not just God and who he is, but what he's capable of doing, but also within that, who we are and the greatness that's in us. And, and I, and not, and at the same time, we're all, we're all taking selfies of ourselves. Like, yeah, it's, yeah, because I think it's a lack of self-confidence, honestly, but (laughs) really, I think the church plays a huge role in that as a whole. And I'll tell you why, because for years, when people did great things, we'd say, oh, well, you just, you need to be more humble or you need to be X, Y, and Z, right? I've heard those things. And here's the problem with that. If God is in us, like the word says, and we are made in his image and we are wonderfully and beautifully created, okay? If all those things are true, then we're a big deal. You seriously, like you're a big deal. Like there is, there is a piece of God that's in Matthew that I can't get anywhere else. Nobody else in the world has that piece of God, that fragment that's in you. And, you know, like that quote says, I I highlighted uh, a part I was looking at. It says, you playing small does not serve the world. Yeah. And the thing is, is I believe when we try to downplay the strengths that we have in ourselves. And I'm not talking, I and don't mishear me. I'm not talking about being arrogant and prideful, right. but you are not being humble when you just sit there and try to be like, Oh, well, you know, I'm just, woe is me. And yeah, I'm good, but that's all God. And like, it, it just sounds, it sounds lame. It really does. <laughs> I'm like, if you're good at something, be great at it. And just say, Lord, thank you for the talent that you've given me that allows me to do what I do Hmm. and recognize where the gift comes from, but take the gift and serve people around you. I mean, what did Jesus say? The greatest among you is the servant. No, I mean, he took his gift. What was his gift? To lay down his life for us. To what? To bring us back to the father, to have relationship. That was his gift. When we lay down our gift, and we serve those around us, all, it just automatically people get to see and ex- experience an expression of God that they're not going to get anywhere else. Yeah, yeah. And I think like, it, I think this relates to, to what you said before about the common thread, like being uh, obedience and trust, mm-hmm. right? Um, which obviously, like, if we're going to look to, like, I think we can look to Jesus for, for what that looks like. Um, and... You know, sometimes that like with Jesus, that looked like death, right? Like that looked like going to the cross. Yeah. Like, okay, there's resurrection on the other side, but we're all like, sometimes I think we're a little too quick to jump to, well, where's my resurrection? Like, where's my, (laughs) where's my new life here? Uh, It feels like, it feels really hard. And I, yeah, but Jesus actually had to go through that. He had to lay Um, it down. Like, and it's laying down your life for others, not just like, it's not. I agree with this, embracing your gifts and letting your light shine, but not for your sake. 
And I love yeah. what I like about the quote is it's talking about how you're actually giving others permission to do the same when you do that. Yeah. So you're actually giving that gift, letting your light shine. It's so that others can also experience that light of Christ, have Christ in them and their gifts can shine through too. Um, which is kind of like what you're, it seems like that's what your ministry is about as well. Like you're doing what you do really well, but a lot of that is so that others can also come on, like come on your show, talk about what they're doing. Um, and it's giving a platform for other people as well. Uh, so I, I, I think that's, and that's really good. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I want to ask you as well, just about what do you like, what does your own spiritual practice look like? That's kind of what this podcast is about. We've, we've been talking about all kinds of stuff, which is great. Um, what do you do in your own life to stay connected to God? Like, I know you started talking about you're really busy. Um, and I think yes. that's a common thread for people, whether it they've is. got multiple businesses and running podcasts or what people are doing in their lives. Um, people can feel pretty overrun. Um, so how do you, how do you fit in or maybe not even fit in, but what do you do to, to stay connected to God in your life? So, I have a lot of drive time um, because I have a lot of projects all over the panhandle of Texas. Um, It's not like a big city. The towns are really spread out. So like the next town over could be 30 minutes to 45 minutes to the next town. Yeah. And uh, so what that does is it allows me, uh, I listen to other podcasts. um, I listen to other people and then I'll spend some time just praying over, um, you know, we don't think about this, but a lot of times say you're driving down the road and somebody just pops in your head. Mm -hmm. I don't think that they just popped in your head. I think it's a God moment. And so I'll say, Lord, what are you saying about that person? And I'll be praying over that person or take a moment. Um, I'm real big on affirmations. I wrote some killer ones down the other day. I went through the, uh, dude, it was phenomenal. I, I just, I have to brag on these. It was powerful. So I'm watching a movie with a family and I just had this idea. I said, God, I've walked with you 19 years. I know somewhere in my journals, I've written down all the promises that you have. So going back to your, when you're busy. So like we're watching a movie as a family, but I'm still kind of watching the movie, but I'm totally caught up in the fact that I want to write down all the promises that I have in the word. Hmm. So I took the hour and a half that we watched this movie and I went through scripture and I wrote down like 38 or 39 promises. And I made it like a statement that I could just read off and like, I am all these things. So what I do to answer your question within all that busyness, I take the time to uh, write those things down. And then in those moments of the day where I, maybe I only have five minutes or 10 minutes I, I tried to make it purposeful as either with a prayer song or listening to uh, a worship leader or song, man, I'm singing worship or I'll pray for five minutes. And then maybe at the end of the day, I get some time with the Lord or maybe on Saturdays is my big day. I love getting up early before everybody's up in the house and I'll spend an hour just reading and journaling of what I feel like God's saying. So for say, me, it sounds like you're a journaler, like you, yeah. And I never thought I would be cause it's kind of yeah. weird. Like I never, but what I found was, is when I start writing, like God just shows up, like literally there's times I will write two and three pages of stuff, have zero idea what I wrote and I have to go back and read it. And I'm like, man, this really, this blessed me. Uh, what, what, do you know when you started doing that? Um, not, not when you were playing football. 
No, no. This is all be- I'm not thinking like that might not be the the regular practice of in the in No, the- this probably went back. Uh, I think I've been doing about 10 years now. It okay. sounds weird like I I'm actually getting old, which just sounds so weird to me because like I'd say things now like I remember being 20 and like having all this life experience but right. of past stuff cuz God had delivered me. I had a great testimony, but I had no like Christian walk. And now like I've been at this I've literally been saved as half the amount of time that I didn't walk with the Lord. So it's really interesting. I'm this really cool shift, I think. Well, yeah. Getting older is, uh, is interesting in general. Yeah, <laughs> so, it is. Uh, it's my wife's birthday today while we're recording. this. Happy so birthday. We were, yeah. So we were, uh, and, and we just got our, uh, our mortgage notice in the mail, just saying, you know, how much we still owe. And yeah. like, ah, oh, it's still a lot of money. <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, and, uh, and, and she says, yeah, but look at like, it'll be paid off in 19 years. <laughs> and we're like, oh yeah, that's not a lot of time. Like, oh, yeah. cause we're thinking back, we've been married for this summer. It'll be 18 years. And that wow. seems like, yeah, it doesn't really seem that long ago. <laughs> yeah. That's when you know you're getting old, right? Like, it's wow. like, oh yeah, mortgage will be paid off in 19 years. That's soon. Okay. Good. That's funny. <laughs> so to help your listeners, man, you just got to do what works for you. I, I remember reading books and saying people like, well, you got to spend an hour with God every morning. You need to get up at five in the morning. And, and I'm like, I tried it. I did it for a while. And I was miserable, like, because I fell asleep in my closet several times. Um, it just wasn't my thing. I had to find what worked for me. I'm just going to go back to sleep. I am uh, yeah. Yeah, back to sleep. I just fell asleep. Like in my mind, yeah. I'm thinking I'm going to spend time with you, God. And then I'd wake up 30 minutes later with my head on the side of my clothes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what podcasts are you listening to these days that are you finding helpful? I, um, I love one of the most real and authentic people I've ever listened to is Chris Valentin. Okay. Um, he's out of Bethel church. He is just very authentic and real. And I, what I love about him is he says some stuff like really stupid sometimes that I can't believe that he said on, on world uh, broadcast and, and, but he's just him. Yeah. But at the same time, he's got these, he's my, I feel like my life kind of correlates with his, like, it was just one of those things like, he just sold out and said, all right, Lord, if Jesus, if you're real, then do something. And he just went after God and God showed up and did, you know, he's had a hard journey, but it's been amazing. And that comes out in his stories and his teachings are powerful. So, hmm. and he's got great teachings on hearing God's voice. So I'd, I'd highly recommend him. And then it's funny you say that. I don't even, I listen to so many, there's even secular, listen to a lot of shows. Um, I listen to, uh, oh, for people who are married, um, one extraordinary marriage, they're number one in the, uh, like marriage category. Okay. They're friends of mine. They talk about stuff that I guarantee will make you blush that (laughs) most people will not discuss in the, in the church just because maybe because you can't because of kids or whatever, but they hit stuff. They're great to listen to. So I highly recommend them. All right. Um, and then I, we, ha- I haven't gotten around to asking you about your book. You have a book. Um, I do. That is a, kind of around like same, same topic as the podcast, which we talked about lots. And I know you're, you're putting together a course as well. Um, so the book is DIY remodel your life. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, so I would uh, recommend leaders go, or anyone leaders, anyone go check that out. Um, and, uh, 
where can people find you online or find the book or find the podcast? What are the places to go for that? Yeah. So go to areyoureal.org and make sure you go to org. Uh, and then areyoureal.org, the front page, we give away the first chapter of our book, which oh. is actually one of the best chapters because it helps you walk to finding your purpose. Um, the rest of the book after that helps you walk that out. So the first chapter is really good. That's free. And then uh, you can find us on Facebook, uh, Are You Real? Um, and then Twitter and Instagram, it's Are You Real Pod, P-O-D. But yeah, shoot us a message. Get on Facebook. We got a closed community that we're about to launch that people are just, we're kind of building a corral to stick people in to follow up with for later. But it's called Are You Real Community? And that's where we're going to be launching the course, uh, giving away some books and doing some things to help people find purpose, who they are, and then have that to express who they are through what they do. Yeah, that's uh, that's really great, John. I really appreciated having you on today. That's been yeah, a lot man. Of fun. Yeah, and great to meet you. Yeah, you too. Thank you so much for having us. All right, take care. Take care.